It's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got an opinion? Make your voice heard on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. This pisses me off. I'm sad this. I know this is funny, but when you go pee and somebody leave their booty paper on the toilet, I got a problem with that. How hard is it to take your booty paper and just throw it in the toilet and flush it? Now, the next person that comes to the bathroom has to grab or touch your booty paper and put it in the toilet so it's flush. I got a problem with that. So every time I find booty paper on the toilet, I'm going to just bar that whole toilet, and that's going to minimize your toilets down every time I catch one of them. Head coaching at its finest right there. <laughs> I'm guessing that's uh, Deion Sanders. It's prime time, baby. <laughs> Head coach at Jackson State. Prime time. I never heard someone refer to it as a booty paper before, but I don't hate it. I don't think <laughs> I'm ever going to use it, but I don't hate it. It works. Mm-hmm. I mean, we knew everyone knew what he was talking about instantly, right? Oh wow, huh? Yeah, uh, and I don't disagree with him either. It is disgusting. I, I understand putting the toilet paper down on the dirty toilet seat, but. You, you got to make sure that flushes along with uh, the rest of the hey, <laughs> situation there. I'll tell you, man. So, when you played at Redlands, uh huh, did you live in a dorm? Cougar Crossing. Of course I did. So, a dorm room with two... College athletes is three, dis- three, three. Well, four counting me. Was, okay, four. yeah, four dudes. It's disgusting, right? Uh, it was the most disgusting thing I've still come across today. Yeah. Imagine a locker room and locker room restrooms where there's a hundred guys there. No way, man. All day, every day. And you would tell me about some of the gross things that would happen before a game, like pre-game oh, yeah. routine. Uh, on the road. Like, oh, yeah, like at Baylor. bad, yeah. Uh, that's – some of that stuff, it seems, like, trivial, but like what he's doing is, like, that's the right thing. And it's not that different from what Venables has done at Oklahoma. Uh, I was up there today, and we walked through the locker room at – oh, I, I, it was right before practices, right after the players had walked out uh, to stretch and stuff. Well – Did he say bo- booty paper? He did not say booty paper, it's but here's the thing. There's 100 lockers in there. That locker room – Look like it was empty and they haven't even moved into it yet. Pristine. Except for one locker. Oh, uh-oh. And Fibbles <laughs> was talking about how it was before, whenever 
you know, he was looking at it in like around the team before he really officially took over and compared to what it is now and how they take care of everything. And he grabbed his phone. He said, except for this guy, this guy's about to have a bad day. Uh, he, th- there was only one locker in the one. entire. Which tells Dude, how me. How does that happen, man? Uh, well, it happens by running late and it's everything that you have just to even make it like to the first was meeting. Is this person a well-known name? On the uh, team? No. Oh, whew. Okay, no. thank God. Uh, no. Catastrophe avoided there. No. Now, but- I, and I know that some people, especially people like Bud Elliott, who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about when it comes to football, mm-hmm. would say, okay, that's dumb. You're just grasping, trying to find a reason as to defend why you think that this is going to be a good hire. Okay. A spotless locker room does not win football games. That I will right. agree with. But it's not about – the spotless locker room, it's about the expectation that everything is going to be detail-oriented. It's not just about the locker room. That's right. It's the everyday kind of life that is lived at OU right now. No more trash, trashing out the locker room. Like, no, man, like, take care of that place, man. Yeah, that's right. That's just another one of the small things that is uh, a detail that has been massively changed, stuff like that. Now matters. Previously, wasn't uh, wasn't something that was emphasized. Now everything is emphasized. But hey, one uh, quick detour before uh, I ask you how practice was today. You know, I, I don't watch a lot of UFC, but I feel like UFC is always trying to look for like their next star. You know? Yeah, sure. Um, I found him today. Okay. Dan Cody needs to Woo. be the next star of UFC. I mean, you're pretty big, old boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dusty D's pretty good size too, but yeah. Dan Cody, oh my god! I've, how many it times have I giant. told you how big oh, that guy is? I mean, that is six four of just six six six, six foot six six foot Excuse six. Excuse me, I didn't mean to disrespect you there, Dan. I don't know how much he oh weighs. Oh my gosh, there's zero body fat on there. But back whenever we were at OU, he was. At his heaviest, he was 270 pounds, but he uh, that was early on. He ended up leaning down a little bit. I bet he played at about 265, uh, six foot six, 265 pounds, and that dude ran a four five forty. That's unfair, man. <laughs> that is unfair. And no, he looks in great just shape, the man. Right amount of psycho to go with it. Oh, right? there's no doubt about that. He could he could play. He could legitimately play right now. I'm I'm convinced. I'm telling you, he spoke to the team today, and it was amazing. It was really awesome. What do you say? Uh, he. He just grabbed the mic and went off. Mm-hmm. It was it was awesome. It was it was great. He had the whole place just going. It was it was amazing. Like okay, like give me just a, a feel of what it was like. Um, how you got to earn it? Like uh, don't like that whole thing. Like this yep. is a privilege. Like all, all well, that. Well, I'll tell you. And he praised the guys for what they're doing, what they've done. Um, just kind of reinforced the mindset that. That it takes, and uh, <laughs> uh, he was talking about Texas a little bit. Nice. He was talking God, about Stillwater a little bit. Nice. I'm telling you, it was A+. plus. 
You get everybody fired up in there? Oh, yeah. I was, I'll tell you, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to (laughs) go, but it was a home run. Good, man. We need to get him around here more often. It was great. Is he the strength coach at Ada? Is that what he's doing now? He is. I think he volunteers with with the strength and conditioning down there in some capacity. I don't know exactly what it is, but um, like what his name is is or you know exactly what what that is but yeah he definitely is involved down there at ada did you speak at all to the team today yeah really what'd you say well you know just try and go out there and play good well but elliot said our over under's nine that's pretty good you guys can do that it'd be okay be good first year you know (laughs) nine and three (laughs) try and win nine and a half games keep them close no it was it was awesome and then there were some pads popping today, baby. Scrimmage time. They were getting it on. Good. It was fun. You're leaving out a lot of details for me. On what do you mean? I thought I just today. basically. I just, just want to know what you what. You don't have to give me word for word what you said. I would like to know what the overall message was to the to the squad. Uh, I just kind of um, hmm. How do I sum up the overall message? Uh, I basically said. You guys got it easy compared to when I was here. You probably did say that. I didn't. Um, just kind of like some of the um, qualities that good football teams have, that good players have, that uh, just stuff like that. Did you get fired up? Did you uh, raise your voice a little bit? Did you sound like Tiger Woods after a bad tee shot off 16 where Tiger. there's uh, five F-bombs in about a 10-second – um, I you know what? I had a fairly radio friendly. I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't know. Talk with the football team. <laughs> fairly radio friendly. He's a suit now. He can't be off cuff anymore. Right? No, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Honestly, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was good. Uh, Coach V was great, and uh, like I said, we went out watched scrimmage. Pads were popping. It was good. It, it was looked really like good. it looked like a team that can handle the physicality of uh, the way things are being run right now, or or what? Yes. Now again, it's same thing. They're eight practices in, or this was eight. Um, there's there's some stuff that needs polish. There's no doubt about that. But there's some other things that look really good. There's some individual players on both sides of the ball that look good. Um, it's. It's great. I'm telling you, though, the greatest thing ever is Venables with the microphone at practice. 57 doesn't know what he's doing! <laughs> is that what it sounds like? <laughs> it's great. It mm. is so good. Mm. Get your eyes out of the backfield! And then he'll scream at everyone to get off the field. <laughs> I want everyone off the field! It's awesome. Uh, well, I, I know you uh, wrote down the players that we all wanted you to watch. You did that yesterday, all single-digit numbers. So let's start with uh, Dylan Gabriel. How did he look today? Oh, How'd I thought he. Look? I thought he looked good. I thought. I thought Gabriel looked good. Now, there were some breakdowns in protection. Okay, there were some uh, some breakdowns with some routes. All right, but he looked good. He looked in control. He throws a good ball. He's totally poised in the pocket. He, yeah, he Good, doesn't look like a decisions. guy that gets like real panicked by no. anything. He's pretty calm, cool, and collected. He's dude. pretty calm back there, even though 
like even though he's busy and moving and eyes are downfield, he's pretty cool and calm under pressure. Um, it's similar to to watching Baker the way Baker played. I mean, it's a it's a it's a pretty fair comparison. Now they look different. He's he's a left hander. I think Baker throws a kind of an overpowering ball. Sure. He, he like puts a whole lot of body into the way he throws the throws the ball. Dylan Gabriel's more of a smooth type of release. Um but you know there's some similarity similarities in their style. But I thought he looked he looked sharp. Uh what about 0 and 2 in the backfield? Javonte Barnes and Eric Gray. I thought the Barnes kid uh had some really nice moments. Um thought Eric Gray looked pretty good. I'm trying to think. Hmm. Um I I liked Eric Gray. I like some of the stuff they some of the ways they got him the football, got him some opportunities. Um I'll tell you, one of the things that's impressive is it's still a work in progress, but man, I think they got a chance to have Pretty good offensive line. And you know what's crazy? It's not really it's not really any of the names that we would expect. That are, that are uh, on the – That are playing really well. Huh, interesting. Just, I think that's a good sign that there's some, there's some depth there that's really competing yeah, for that. those jobs. I'd say there's, there's probably eight guys competing right now. I did see one play from the scrimmage today. Braden Willis made a Woo! nice catch in the end zone. Two feet in. Was he in? He's in. Touchdown. He's a stud. He's going to have a fantastic year. He is he's the leader of the football team. Uh, emotionally, physically, every, he's, he's a stud. He's going to have a great year. Jaron Canick. Make any plays today, or is he swimming with all the details you know what? going on? He is swimming with all the details going on, but I think he did make a couple of plays out there. I think he did make a couple. I'll, I'm, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if OU had 50 TD roofs for defense, we would be – Amazing. Yeah, no catching up there. He's, he's got the defense locked down love everything. love that guy. All right. I love that guy, the way that he plays. Everything he does is perfect. Every drill that he does is perfect. Every technique, every, his footwork, he's in the place he's supposed to be. Played he's, a lot of college football. He's getting people lined up. He's undersized. But, dude, he will strike you as well. He's I I You think he's going to play this year? He's going to play. I don't know if he'll start, but he's definitely going to play. Who else uh you said number of guys impressed on both sides. Uh anyone else outside of him really uh stick out? I'm trying to think wide receiver wise who stuck mm-hmm. out. Hmm. Farouk, Mims, Stoops, Mims, uh, Mims had a really nice play. He looked good. Um, you know, I'll tell you, it was it was fairly quiet uh, with wideouts for for a big chunk. Now, not that you know there weren't opportunities or or anything, but it, you know they just didn't didn't go to the wideouts a whole lot. There was a lot of short yardage stuff in there, but 
It was good, man. It's good stuff. Team looks good. They look sharp, um, focused. There's, it's it's still, it's still really impressive that with a regime change, and it's not just a, a coaching staff change. It's really a wholesale change in the way you do things, and and it's not for the easier. It's every single thing that they do is more difficult now. Yeah. And there's no pushback. Uh, there doesn't seem like there's been any whatsoever. So doesn't mean guys won't transfer at the end of spring. That'll be more about depth chart than anything. But that's that's awesome, man. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, trying to think. D line, I thought was there's a couple of couple of nice plays. D line got after the quarterback on a few third and longs. Uh, looked good. Uh, no one really individually, I would say. Um, but so you're willing to go over on the uh, nine over under that B- Bud Elliott put out today for OU's win total? Yeah, I'll go. They over look nine. like a nine. They look like a ten win football team today. Yeah, with he's, this schedule, he's trolling. I yeah, mean, he is. He's he's just trying to get trying to get some attention. But no, nah, man. I all in all, I thought. Another really, really physical day, and that team seems to embrace it, man. There, the amount of of like good open field tackling that I'm seeing is is very welcome. It's a welcome sight for sure. All right, let's hit a quick opening timeout. Hit us on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 651-3439. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network, your home for Sooner fans. Fowler Auto Group is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the show. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. And it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call us. Stop by any of our six Oklahoma dealerships or visit FowlerAuto.com to see the Fowler Standard hard at work. We pride ourselves on being friendly, helpful, honest, and fair. That is what drives us every day. Fowler Auto Group, a proud partner of OU Athletics. When we look back, let's be proud of what we've become. Stronger and wiser, more caring and patient, more prepared and more resilient than ever before. At First United Bank, we're here to help make sure that when we look back, we'll see that we not only survived, but that we're ready to thrive. And that's something we can all look forward to. Pacifico. Let it be a reminder to live life anchors up.
Have you or someone you know suffered a loss to your home or business from the recent storms in the southern Oklahoma areas? Before you accept a settlement, call Brown O'Haver at 405-735-5510. Brown O'Haver is a local-based company helping Oklahomans with claims since 1988 with preparation and expert analysis detailing your loss and insurance settlement. Brown O'Haver can give you peace of mind and make sure you're getting what's yours. Call Brown O'Haver today, 405-735-5510, and make sure they're working for you. Jukebox Wednesday on the rush. How about this? Mike oh. in Springfield, first up to bat today, leading us off with peaceful, easy feeling by mm. the Eagles. You like some Eagles, do you? Smiling a little bit. Well, Can't tell if you're making fun of it. Or, I like uh, the song, but the first thing I think of is the dude saying, Come on, man. I blink and hate the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> the guy kicks him out of the car. I love that. That's all I could think of. Oh, that's great. Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Bud Elliott is a typical cowherd wannabe, trashing OU because that's what cowherd does. He's just an ignorant smokehead who knows nothing about Oklahoma football. Uh... Well, yeah. Yes. Yep. It's a – Oklahoma has become uh, – I don't know. Any, any, any topic of the day or of the week or of the month, if you want to generate clicks and, and traffic to whatever it is you're putting out there, dump on Oklahoma – Get Oklahoma Twitter all in a in a in a fuss, and it's going to drive traffic to your yeah. article. Oh, you fans! Yeah, you should be flattered by this. It has nothing to do with the hire. It has everything to do with how vocal and how excited and everything that OU fans have done on Twitter since de- December. Basically, you should be flattered that it's like this. Yep, that's but, right. But they are all uh, using us here at this point. That's right. Yeah. Um, Nine games, like we said yesterday, it's happened three times in the last 20 years, yeah. right? 22 yep. years. Saw Sam Bradford this morning in OKC. We had the same chiropractor. Will we see him at the spring game? Good question. Don't know. Don't know. Hopefully Sam will be around a lot more. I feel like there's more of an inviting environment for former players to come back to the program. Because I feel like uh, Britt Vittables has reached out to virtually everyone that ever played for him. Yeah. And I'm sure Sam would be no exception. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, I don't know if if Sam's going to come around. Here's the thing. We all know this. Sam is super low-key. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, if Vittables – I. In, I'm probably speaking out of turn here and speaking for Sam maybe whenever I shouldn't, but I feel like if Brent Venables asked Sam Bradford to do something to help the program, Sam Bradford would do it in a heartbeat. But he is just of the personality where he, he's, 
He's not going to be the first person that shows up and starts and like fine. waving the towel on the sideline. That's fine. That's, that's not, okay. That's not Bradford. I saw Dan Cody walking around campus one time in the early 2000s. It was broad daylight, and he was in no way paying attention to me, and it was the only time I've ever feared for my life. <laughs> I didn't have any clue what Dan Cody looked like, but I immediately knew who the dude was. It was like stumbling across a grizzly bear in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. I'm just telling you, man, 6'6", 260 to 70 pounds, and just an an all-out animal in the weight room, on the field, just 100 miles an hour. It's awesome. Cage ladder match, who wins? Dan Cody versus Parker Thune. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll I'll take Cody. But Thune is scrappy. I ran into Dan Cody at the store one day back in 03. All I could manage to say was O.S. to him. (laughs) (laughs) Cody may be big, but Teddy has the biggest neck of the group. Big old neck. I don't know. I saw a picture. uh, Coach V sent me a picture of uh, Lebby and Dan and Coach Venables in the office the other day. And Dan's neck was so big that Whatever T-shirt he's wearing, he had to cut the neck out of it. Gosh, <laughs> unbelievable. When I was in the Navy on my ship, our living area had 80 guys for a four-stall bathroom. Woo! Uh, Busy day. Yeah, didn't um, – nah, you were you were gone. It was, it was the year after. I think in 04 – text line, help me remember this. In 04, I was at that A&M OU game. OU got mm-hmm. down like 21-7, something like that. Yeah. I think Dan Cody was like standing towards the OU fans or looking towards the fans and getting everyone pumped up. I think he passed out and fainted was, during the game. He was in the defensive huddle. Yeah. He was in the defensive huddle, and he was he had his helmet off, and he was screaming at the guys. And he was screaming so loud and for so long that – he forgot to breathe, I think, and, <laughs> and, uh, and passed out a little bit. But guess what? He went out there and made the fourth down stop on the goal line on the next play. So He's a dude, man. He's a dude. He's There's a dude. no doubt about it. David Ubbett of The Athletic wrote a story today, uh, the worst slash wildest in-home recruiting visits that coaches had ever experienced before. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you read this or not. but Is this uh, OU coaches? No, it doesn't say. Well, I mean, it it could be they're anonymous. Like, none of the Ah. coaches are are named in this one. But there's stories of, you know, coaches have to eat five different dinners in a day. Oh, yeah. And so so one coach was saying, like, yeah, I had to make myself throw up in between (laughs) stops. Not because the food was bad, but because... You know, it's super disrespectful to mom. Right. I mean, most of the time, you got to recruit mom on this deal. Yeah. And if you don't eat her food, then, I mean, that's looked at as pretty disrespectful. You're getting off on the wrong foot. One coach said that uh, there was crawfish, and they expected him to eat the entire crawfish. And they left the room to go to the bathroom. He threw he, – he didn't, he didn't eat the whole thing. Right. He threw part of it in the trash, and he's like, I'm <laughs> – I'm 100% certain they found it in the trash like later that night, but all good. We got the kid. Uh, one coach goes into a small town and sees someone riding a horse at the KFC, and he's like, what? Where am I at? He gets to the recruit's house. It was a relative 
on the horse going to the KFC because that's what they were having ah, dinner that night because nice. the coach was there, you know. So it was a it was a bunch of interesting recruiting stories. Wes Sims, former Sooner, gets in on the action and quote tweets this today. Week after school was out out of my junior year, I was out partying with friends all night before. My head coach calls me and says, the Michigan coach is at the field house and wants to meet you. I said, nah, it's too cold up there, and went back to sleep. LOL. <laughs> so Lloyd Carr basically – I was trying to think who yeah, that was Yeah, Lloyd be. Carr rolls all the way out to Weatherford. Wes Sims wake up after a, a night of raging and is like, no, nah, I'm good, man. Now, Wes Sims was – he was one of the biggest recruits that Oklahoma had had in a long time, right? Five-star – Gigant! I cannot believe how big he was in high school. It was un- unreal. Uh, super athletic, shot disc guy. Um, so he had he was offered by you know he's five star offensive line was offered by every single team in the country. Chose to go to OU. Nice choice. Where did Dan Cody play in the NFL? He got drafted by the Ravens. Did he Baltimore. play anywhere yep. else nope. outside that? Baltimore uh, injuries. Torn ACL, I think, his first year there in training camp. Uh, came back the next year, and like I think, seriously, the first practice back in training camp, I think he tore his other oh, ACL. Man, yeah, that's rough. Teddy needs your thoughts on Texas in week two. Will they give Bama a fight like they did against LSU a couple of years ago, or is Saban going to bury Sark six feet under? They'll give him a fight. They're going to give him a fight. They're going to play. They're going to play well. And lose. They're going to give up a ton of points that day. Yeah. But here's what we know. And I've said this a million times. It's a sign of a weak team. Okay? Whenever you play up or down to your opponent. And Texas and Oklahoma has done this too. I'm not saying that we haven't. It's been one of our problems recently. But Texas, for a big game, a Notre Dame an LSU, an Alabama, an OU Texas, they're going to look like a different team than they look like the entire rest of the season. That's going to happen against Alabama. They're going to pull out all the stops. Everyone's going to be super focused for the two weeks leading up to that game. And they're going to, my guess, play pretty well. Don't think they'll win, but I think they'll look respectable. And then guess what the next week? Oh, it's... We're not playing Bama this week. We can change the level of uh, attention and focus and effort that we give in but practice. But that's, that's what's funny about them is it would be the biggest win that Texas has had in a long time if they were able to beat Alabama at home. But long-term, and this says everything about their program, long-term, beating Alabama could be like the worst thing that could happen for them because they can't handle success, dude. Yeah. All the hype nationally would be, all right, seriously, you beat Bama at home, Texas is back. They would believe that hype, and they would go on a terrible run after. It's no different than A&M last year. Everyone you know, says A&M had this great year last year because they beat Alabama. And they, A&M did. A&M beat Alabama last year. But what no one wants to talk about is after A&M beat Alabama, they lost on the road at Ole Miss. Last game of the year, they lost at a terrible LSU team that only had five wins and had already fired its head coach up to that point. Right. They lost to Arkansas. They lost to Mississippi State at home. Just like Texas A&M, man. They can't handle any success whatsoever. So sure, it would be awesome in the now to beat Bama in Week 2, 
But I feel like their season would cave after that because they totally buy into the hype and not know how to deal with that moment. They wouldn't build up on it. It would like almost send them backwards. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think last year, the the real case to make is that A&M was about the same program as Mississippi State. We're about the same. Yeah. Now, they beat Mississippi State, but it was a super tight game. A&M, no, Mississippi State won that game. Over oh, did A&M. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In College Station. Well, there you go. They're, they were both 4-4. Four and four. Mississippi State in conference. Mississippi State ended up seven and six. A uh, and M ended up eight and four. But I I watched Mississippi State literally get robbed by the referees at Arkansas at the end of that game. They they won that game and it got robbed. But you know whatever. That was the same team last year. Mississippi State, Texas A and M were about the same. So. Uh, text line says, I'm going to set the over-under at three that OU gets a shutout on D this year. What do you all think? Are you saying three, three shutouts on the year? I'd take probably the under on that one. When's the last time we had a shutout? Um, probably shut more out rec- Western? Well, they shut out uh, Western Carolina last year, right? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, 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 I think they did. And they shut out Missouri State, correct? Yeah, maybe that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, a shutout. I think they'll get a shutout. I would, uh, if three is what you're saying, that I I'm going with the under on that. It's yeah. hard to get three shutouts for any defense in an entire college football season. A fourth of your regular season schedule, that's that's a pretty tough ask. Yeah. Um, I think they'll. I think you should set it at point five. I think if they have it one shutout, that's that's a that's a good thing. Maybe it'll happen game one. What Bob got a shutout his first game at OU, correct? Over Indiana State. I was at that game. So was I. Indiana <sighs> State had uh, uniforms that looked like they were a seventh grade football team. They also looked like a seventh grade football team that night too. Yeah. But who cares about that? Oh, you you won in convincing fashion. They did. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. If you're on the go, no problem. We have a free app in the App Store. You can listen to us wherever you're at in the world. Sports Talk 1400, search it in the App Store. Listen to the ref on the go. One quick text from Las Vegas Sooner. Uh, gentlemen, enjoying my afternoon listening to another solid show. Thank you for that. Let's please stop mentioning West Coast D-bag radio personalities. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Uh, we'll grant you that wish. For now. For now, okay? Just for now. 
Yeah, just uh, just for now. Hey, does this Bob Bolsby retirement affect OU and Texas departure at all to the SEC or no factor? No factor. Zero factor. You still kind of feel like it's going to happen later than we initially thought. Yes, I do. Hmm. Have you had any more recent uh, scuttlebutt that you've run across to make you even more confident in that opinion? Maybe, maybe not. Here's what I would say. I would prepare to play a season in this conference with a bunch of other random teams that they've just gone out and got. Seriously, you're, you're, that's where you're at right now. That's where I'm at. Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, and Houston. We're going to have to deal with Dana Holgerson all over again. Yeah, and here's the thing. I'm not necessarily, for selfish reasons... I want to leave the Big 12 today, right, and start playing some different schools and, and, and just have that energy for that changeup. You know, it's going to be awesome. I'm ready for that. But I understand that right now we aren't ready for the SEC as a program. And I'm not just talking about our, like how good our football team is. We just don't have we don't have the facilities yet to compete with the recruits that like right now, whether it's Bama or Georgia or whatever place you want to throw throw in there, it's it's going to be a very tough ask trying to get one of those elite kids to, for the most part, exit that region of the country and come to Oklahoma because when you look at it, facility, like we don't have anything better to offer right now other than... Well, are they at least on par? Because, I mean, I've seen them up close and they look pretty nice. I haven't seen other, you know, facilities across there. Is it... I mean, are they are they really that far behind from other schools? Uh, Below... The average, we're in the bottom half of facilities in the SEC. Hmm. The thing that we have over the SEC right now, and the majority of the schools is history and and tradition, like how good we are year in year out. But guess what? That doesn't get you diddly poo with recruiting, right? You got to have something better for them to leave that region and come to Oklahoma. And we're just not there right now. So like, there's a lot of things that we need. And it's not just football. It's, it's really all of the sports that we've got to, we've got to be in a better position to go in and, re- and compete in recruiting. Well, how are you going to do that without the significant payout that the SEC provides versus what the big 12? I mean, I, that's that's fine if you're right about the issue, but I feel like you could achieve that a little bit easier in the SEC rather than the Big 12. My pitch to Venables today was for the athletic department to start playing the Powerball, right? It's a pretty good idea. Yeah. The, the odds are definitely in your favor when it comes to the Powerball. Use a, a portion of your, um, your budget – to buy a ton of lottery tickets and try and hit that 
five, six, seven hundred million dollar Powerball. Got to got to play sixty nine on the multiplier. By Ooh. the way, that's that's the one to play. That's right. So, um, did you really tell him that that no. they need to play the Powerball to get better? For geez, <laughs> no. Uh, what if I did? Like, hey, I've been thinking about it, and I did, I. I came up with this great idea. Call me later. We'll discuss. I feel like he'd be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. There's a, Half of me thinks that he's like, it's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> um, no, nah, dude, you're going to have to have – it's going gonna, it's gonna to come from donors. You know, that's, that's what you're going to need. Text line says, I feel like our facilities are way above average. Our dorm, like Headington Hall, is way above average. That's one of the best in the country. Um, but everything else, like our football facilities. They just built it like six years ago. How, how is that already the case? How, how is that the case? It's not, it's, it, it, it's not a matter of, like, it all looks really good. Okay, it does. It all looks great. But... There's a problem with functionality of it. So, you know, there, there's issues there. There's, you know, schools have dumped a ton of money into, into facilities. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, look at, like I said, it's not just football. Football is, is obviously the moneymaker, and that's the biggest one, but – like we're behind in we're behind in baseball. We're going to get there in softball, but we're behind in softball right now. Um, you know, so there's there's just a lot that, of work. That, to that's do. not something that I really thought about for whatever reason. OU's overall facilities compared to you know SEC programs, but that is. Whether it's right or it's wrong, okay. I think that that is your opinion, but I think that you're getting that opinion from. You know, the coaches that are up there. And I've kind of heard, like, through the grapevine, through other sources, that there are coaches in other sports that are saying the same thing. Like, we are we are behind in facilities right now. Yeah. I mean, like, the basketball programs feel that. that way right now. And I see – I like this text. Is Teddy eating gummies today with his view of our football facilities? No. Did you know that the University of Oklahoma – does not have a 100-yard grass practice field. Uh, yeah, I did know that. I did know that, yeah. Yeah. Think about that. I mean, there are 100 yards of practice field right behind the stadium, right? But it's not divided up into 100 yards. Like, there's, there's enough room to put one back there. There's like 100 yards of grass, right? Well, not to run them north and south. Um yeah, it's not there. They don't have it. If they want a 100-yard field, they have to go to the stadium or they have to go to the indoor, right? It's just not there. So, and that's not, I mean, that's just one one thing, and that's, well, it really, it can't be fixed right now given the current situation. It's just, I mean, it's, that's just one of the things. And again, I the facilities there are are nice, but for football functionality, you know, there's there's some things that they got to do. But here's the thing: that's why I feel like there's there's some time here, and 
maybe in the grand scheme of things for the programs involved, not going directly to the SEC right now isn't uh, a horrible thing, but we'll see. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Stay tuned. Some interesting comments on the Air Comfort Solutions text line as we close up hour number one. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. A freshman football parent said our football facilities are average at best compared to other places their son visited. Said that on our Twitter space this week. Said one program is building a parent's apartment complex on campus to provide free room slash cafeteria for parents that are visiting games. Yeah. That sounds like an SEC school to me. Sounds like an A&M deal to me. Yeah, and I think Oklahoma will have something similar to that maybe at some point. Um, but, yeah, I mean – that's that's just the it's crazy to think about that though, right? That Yeah, no that that is I mean for what five times a year maybe for some of that, but it's just try, yeah. it's trying to get ahead, man. I mean, it's still like the stadium improvements, I feel like have slowed down a little bit, but it's still an arms race to try to have one up something on something that no one else has. What do we have our right, Eddington Hall is one of the best, maybe the best in the country. But outside of that, you start talking about, like, what do we have the best of? And my... Tailgating. Oh, no, never mind. Eat. Heisman Still Park, okay? Heisman sensitive Park. subject. Heisman Park, that's, that's a good go. one. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hour number two is next.